0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Cooksley Convo. I am your host, Kenyon Cooksley. In today's episode, I sit down with Iowa Hawkeye legend Kenyon Murray. Before joining head coach Tom Davis and the rest of the Hawkeye basketball team in 1992, Murray already had a pile of accomplishments under his belt, both as a team and individual. Throughout his high school career, He made several Final Four appearances, was named Mr. Basketball in the state of Michigan, and was even selected to participate in the McDonald's All-American game. Join myself and Kenyon Murray as we relive his basketball career and discuss how quickly the game of basketball has changed from his time playing to now watching his children play. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to drop a follow on all social media at The Cooksley Combo, and like always, stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to
1: you all next week.
0: All right, how's it going?
1: Good, how you doing?
0: Good. You know, every time, I guess a University of Iowa professor called me Kenyon, I guess they were just having flashbacks of you.
1: (laughs) I guess, I saw the name, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I could be pretty, yeah, I could see somebody doing that.
0: Yeah. So so, how's this wonderful day been for you?
1: Oh, it's good. Uh, being in management, it, no no day is like uh, the one before. So just just getting through this is a nice break.
0: Yeah, and I I mean now that that basketball season's over, is it sort of like a, a little relaxing period for you? You mentioned work. How it's you know still picking up. Is it is it just crazy three sixty five?
1: Yeah, I mean, not as much as it used to be with the kids being older now, so they kind of go and do their own thing. Um, so, yeah, I just – yeah, once my day is over, I'm just ready to sit back and relax. So.
0: And, and now are, are Kenyon and Chris, are they going to be coming back home after school's done?
1: No, they moved back uh, – yeah, they moved back two weeks ago, I think, and then uh, they move into their apartment June 1st, so we'll be moving them back down to Iowa City.
0: Right on it, right on. Okay. So, so let's just get started. I'm I'm honored to to talk to you. One of the great uh, Hawkeyes to step on uh, to the hard, hardwood. And, you know, let's just pick it up in Michigan, you know, growing mm-hmm. up. What, what was, was it Battle Creek? Is, that, is yeah. that where you're from? What is, what is the city of Battle Creek like?
1: <laughs> well, it's changed a lot. I think growing up, it was the serial city capital because we had uh, both Kellogg's and Post there. So, the, the air was always sweet, uh, sometimes nauseating from the factories. But, you know, it was I mean, it was just pretty regular, you know, growing up playing basketball on the on the blacktop and um, being outside and, and doing that kind of thing. I mean, I didn't start playing basketball seriously until I was in eighth grade. So up until that point, it was really just academics. And I actually was in the orchestra. That's like one of the. Unknown, you know, many unknown facts about me is that I was a, a viola player for oh my gosh, like six years until I got to high school.
0: Can can you still, you know, can you still do it?
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know. It it probably take a little bit of practicing to get back into the swing. But uh yeah, it's something that I've considered though. I've definitely considered it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, the town that I'm from, everybody knows you know, everybody knows each other. Is that kind of the same sense with, with battle Creek?
1: Uh, a little bit. I think obviously I was in a little bit different situation when it came to basketball. And so, uh, so yeah, yeah. I think everybody knew me. Uh, I, I sometimes joke that I wasn't a very good friend or person. Cause I didn't remember, I don't remember everybody or I didn't remember <laughs> everybody's name. Uh, but yeah, it was just a little bit different. Um, you know, when it came to me being a basketball player, just because Battle Creek Central, where we, where I played, was the best high school uh, sports program in the city. We had uh, four other high schools, but we were the predominant one. And so, uh, you know, if you played for the Bearcats, everybody knew who you were.
0: And I was, I, I dug up some old high school film on you. You were rocking <laughs> the, the flat top.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot. <laughs> you had a little yeah. swagger to you. I, I, I did. Well, I call it swagger and the kids call it embarrassing now. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I had that. But yeah, yeah, I, I tried to rock it as long as I could. I think I rocked it for most of my freshman year at Iowa. And then I went to the uh the 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 low uh fade and then eventually I went bald. So <laughs> I stayed with it.
0: Uh, do, do you joke around with, with, with your boys that, you know, they might be turning bald here pretty soon if they, you know, if they don't stop the smack talk?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. They're, they're good, man. Actually, I think um, Keegan made the point he's tired of looking like Chris because it seemed like they would they went to the same barber. So they their haircuts were always really similar. And Keegan said, I'm tired of looking like Chris. So he's letting it grow out, and he's doing a little bit something different with his hair now. So I think getting into college, obviously – they they've always been synonymous with each other. And, and now they're really starting to come out of their shells. Like, you know, I'm, I'm Chris, I'm Keegan and kind of doing their own thing.
0: Yeah. Because growing up, I, when I heard about them, it was always the twins, you know, the twin Murray's and now, you know, with, with, with Keegan getting on the court and Chris, what looks like he will be on the court here here soon with all the, the mix-ups in the roster and people leaving and, and going. Uh, but, but let's go back to your career in high school you know Mr. Basketball you've probably been taught you've probably talked about that so many times but what for you came easy with the game what was it was a defense the pace what, what was just easy for you
1: uh, I, I think what came easy for me I, was the defense rebounding um that was those are the things that really set me apart early on in my career those were the things that got me on the floor um on a team that made it to the final four my sophomore year I was a starter there and, and that's what it was it was being able to defend multiple positions being able to um, block shots get steals and then really just finish on the break right I I started to develop my jump shot my sophomore year but most everything was I was I was like playing the power forward center spot a little bit. And so, but as you know, each year I added a little bit more to my game, but defense rebounding, and blocking shots like that was my thing. And actually my favorite player growing up in college was Alonzo Mourning. So when it came to defense and stuff like that, I was, I was a Mourning fan and, and actually got to work with him at the Nike all American camp. And so he was one of the counselors. And so that was kind of a surreal moment for me because I just love watching Georgetown play defense and, and I wore 33 as well. So, uh, morning was, was one of my, uh, idols growing up.
0: Yeah. And with the skill set that you had, a lot of things were granted to you that not a lot of athletes get to experience. Like I mentioned, Mr. Basketball, and then the McDonald's all American game. What was that like? Because
1: you were you were roommates with with Jason Kidd, correct? Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. It was it was it was an unbelievably talented group. I think our team was pretty loaded with Jason Kidd, Richard Keene, who played at Illinois, um, Chris Collins, who's the head coach at uh, Nebraska or uh, at Northwestern. uh, Jason Kidd, Othella Harrington, who played a long time in the NBA, Corliss Williamson. We had some, we had some ballers on that team, but it was, it was just a great honor for me to be able to to be on the floor and to be recognized as one of the top 20 players in the country. You know, it does, you know, some people think it's, it's big time, but, um, it's, it's rarefied air to be a McDonald's all American. And so for me being the first one from battle Creek was, was really cool. And, uh, I think it's, it's definitely created a legacy there, but, but yeah, no, just the talent around me during that game was unreal.
0: And with those individual accomplishments, would you rather take an individual something like that, that like, you know, that shows your worth or would, or do you like lean more towards it? Like that team goal. Do you like team goals over individual goals?
1: Yeah. I think the one thing that always, we always had one of the better teams in, in high school in Michigan. We were always in the top five. I think my senior year, we were ranked as high as number 10 nationally by uh, USA today. And so for us, it was, the one disappointment was that we weren't able to win the state title uh, fresh or sophomore year we lost in the final four um, junior year we got upset in the regional semifinals and then uh, my senior year we got upset uh, in the regional finals by one of the best teams that I'd ever played against out of Benton Harbor they had five division one players on that roster all five of their starters played division one basketball so that was a good team and a great conference and and so that was the one thing that always you know is a little bit sour or sore spot with me is the fact that we wanted to do that and and now being in management like I am it really is about the team you know how do how do I help someone uh be the best version of themselves and and that's just kind of what I've talked about with Chris and Keegan being able to uh help their teammates do everything you can to make sure that that what is asked of you you can do and if there's a, a opportunity to help a teammate or lift a teammate up be ready to do that.
0: I guess I want to ask you've experienced basketball and now that you, you have kids playing basketball, what is something that kids nowadays are missing? What's something that you're just, you know, you're on your kids, you know, when you turn on the, the television and you're like oh, like, oh, this is hard to watch. What are the, what's that thing that like, man, I miss it.
1: Well, I think what today's youth is missing. And, and I said it with Chris and Keegan and I say it with their sister McKenna, who's a freshman is, just playing the game. I think a lot, what we're missing today, what my generation did is we always were outside playing the game. We, we did need to be inside. We didn't need to be on a hardwood floor. We didn't need a, we didn't, even, didn't even need a rim that had, uh, uh, you know, with, with nets on it. You know, we, we just wanted to go play. And I think that's what most of the kids today are missing is just going outside and learning the game and playing with people that, Are older than you, that are bigger than you, that are stronger than you, uh, we would go out and, I mean, we'd play one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three, horse, I mean, we'd play all those things outside just to get on the floor, and then um, I think that developed in us just that competitiveness, because when you play on the playground with guys that are older, you don't get any calls, right, so that was my biggest Uh, eye-opener is when I would play at the park with some of the older guys and I would make a foul call and they wouldn't give it to me so there's a certain level of toughness that was developed with that too and I think that is what's missing just that natural feel for the game that you can get by playing outside and playing with different ages and 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 different physicalities too
0: yeah you you mentioned playing on the on the blacktop growing up in Michigan I, I I've never played on a blacktop playing basketball you know that kind of just, I guess that shows my youth. I, I mean, I've just been so used to it's either going to the, to the school gym or, or going to a, another local gym or we're not playing. And I guess, right. you know, that's very true because on the blacktop, I've, I've seen, you know, movies based on blacktop games and it it's physical. It, it makes you tough very quickly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's the way I had to learn. Right. I, I wasn't, I was kind of behind the curve starting at, in eighth grade. So I really got an introduction. And the one thing that I found was even though they were kicking my butt on the on the court, the older guys would always bestow like knowledge on me. Just, hey, when you make this move, do this, or you know, utilize this move, this up fake, you know, be impatient, let the game come to you. Uh, those kind of things that you, you get from the the elder statesman. And you know, we talk about that too. Like we used to have open gyms on Saturday at Battle Creek Central where the players that graduate would always come back on Saturday and play. So at any point in time, you might have, you know, four or five, maybe six D1, D2 guys that played at Battle Creek Central coming back, um, you know, while they were home and playing with us. And and it was always like the older guys versus the current team, right? So all the graduates, they get together and they play against the guys that were still there. And so it made for a, a very competitive atmosphere you don't see that anymore you don't see people coming back and doing that and I think that that's one of the things that helped shape me helped shape my competitiveness and I think for sure it's something that's missing with today's youth in the game
0: and my, my dad he, he he grew up 80s 90s and you know he always tells me to turn off the NBA shit it's not real <laughs> basketball anymore he said everybody's flopping he said back in the day if there was no blood Blood, no blood, no foul, and, he, and he, he always told me that. So he he doesn't watch any NBA, and, and now he, he's finally starting to get back into the college because he actually big big fan of, of Keegan. You know, he always messaging me, and he's like, "Man, this Keegan kid, he hustles." The, the, you know, this is what the game's missing. He, you know he gives me that big talk, of like, "Man, you don't you don't see this a lot anymore." And yeah, um, yeah I, I just feel like now the game is just completely changed into this uh not I, I guess not into you know athletes expecting you know you know they expect to be given the the account you know the accomplishment they, they think it's just going to come and right. you know that's definitely just it, it's missing because back in the day you know you got to work you got to work for that and
1: yeah
0: so now after your successful you know great high school career you you go to the university of iowa what was the like the recruiting process? back at your in your time it it, it, because it's definitely different now with you know social media just doing all the exposure for you what was the exposure like for you you know obviously you you had the the places where you could show out in front of coaches but what was the whole process like you like for you
1: well the one thing it was it, it went through the high school coach right now most recruiting is is done through the aau coach or the aau program those kind of things and so. So that was a big, that was a big difference. And high school coaches used to have these unbelievable relationships with guys like, you know, Judd Heathcote and Rick Patino and and Mike Krzyzewski and, you know, Steve Fisher, like those, those, they were, their relationships with our head coaches were huge, right? And it was a mutual respect because they knew high school players had to come in and, and help their programs. And so I think that, uh, that was a big difference. Um, two, there just wasn't as many AAU opportunities, right? I think I was joking with Chris and Keegan one time. I think they might have been like seventh grade or something like that, and we had played like fifty-five or fifty-six games that year. And I was like, "You guys play more AAU games in one season than I did my entire, you know, AAU career." Uh, so I think there's there's more opportunities for exposure, but the where we really you know cut our teeth were at the the camps like five star and blue chip and future stars camp that's really what we had in AAU I think we had maybe two tournaments in the spring and then you had AAU nationals uh, but other than that it was just about going to camps and getting the exposure at camp obviously Nike was huge for me going into my senior year because uh, I really jumped up my my national ranking there and and that kind of propelled me to the McDonald's All-American, but but it was done in camps. I mean, you would always be on different teams. You you had different coaches. And that's where we we really did it. Uh, we had some team camps and stuff like that where you would go on campus like at Michigan State or Western Michigan. But for the most part, you went to these individual camps, and that's really how you blew up. And then there were so many more national media outlets like Street and Smith and Converse. And once you got into those, you know, it was fun to like go buy a magazine and see yourself in the (laughs) magazine, right? So now it's, it's, it's Twitter and Instagram or whatever. And, and it's, it's able to, you're able to see, I mean, you know, it's almost like an instantaneous kind of gratification where, you know, my growing up, it was a grind and you really had to, you really had to prove yourself every time you stepped on a floor because you didn't know who was watching right now. You can Go to social media and put it out there and you can get, you know, a million views or whatever it is. But back then it was like you, it was like uh doggy dog. And you knew if you had a bad uh outing against a really good team or a good player, like that might cost you a scholarship. So I think it was just uh kind of the 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 grinded out type of thing. And then I like your dad too, as far as the physical stuff. So I was a Growing up in Michigan, I was a Bad Boys fan, right? So, uh, you know, the Jordan rules and all that kind of stuff. Like, I love the physical part of it. And I think that's what I've tried to really bestow on Chris and Keegan, especially now since they've got the size and the strength they've added over the last two years, is if they're able to play with a certain level of physicality, everything else can come naturally because both of them can shoot. They're better shooters than I was. I was. uh, They're better scorers. They're better their skill level is much higher than mine. Uh, But I think the one thing I can always show them is kind of the old tricks of the trade that still work. And really Keegan and I were working on a move the other day that he's never used before, but it's one that I think he may pull out of the hat this year and and surprise some people. So, um, so I'm excited to, to bestow, you know, just little things like that to them. And uh, other than that, man, God's definitely blessed both of them with um, athleticism, skill, knowledge of the game and, and so it's just fun right now for me to see them reap the benefits of all their hard work.
0: With those camps that you mentioned, you know, back in the day, it was like that raw footage though, because athletes now they can cut up film, you know, make it look all nice and fancy, and they don't show the the 50 shots they missed before that, you know. So right definitely it just goes back to that. You gotta you gotta grind every single day back then. And now it's you know athletes have it easy. Easier, um, but it it shouldn't be that easy. I I feel like in to get into that D one level, it shouldn't be just putting a film together of you you know dunking and and splashing threes. You got to go out and and show it on the court.
1: Yeah, and and here's the thing too. Here's a funny story. I won't tell you what school did this, but you talk about guys having these Instagram followers and stuff like that. So in high school, there was a certain head coach, assistant coach that came into the gym to watch us play and. I remember the story because my high school coach tells it all the time. Uh, I blocked a shot on one end and I sprinted down the left side. And one of my teammates threw me a lob and I dunked it. And the head coach and the assistant coach looked at my high school coach and said, who's that kid, man, he's really good. And my high school coach says, that's the kid you're here to watch. So you <laughs> know, even if you think about it, right, everybody knows what, Players look like and stuff like that. Right. So even then, I mean, you had to do your homework. And if you didn't, you might be in a situation like that where you look pretty stupid. So suffice it to say, I didn't end up going to that school, but you're right. You know, there's, there's a level of notoriety. And I think almost it's social media is almost bad because we build these kids up in our mind to be one thing. And then when they don't reach the expectation that we as fans or people on social media think that they should reach Then we tear the kid down right so for me uh it's always it's always been my thing to chris and keegan is be who you are right like they they put time in don't you know they're not social media kids anyway right they, they just don't like that stuff so but but that just goes to show like you said cutting things up you can make yourself look really really good and then when you get out there and have to compete it's not the same thing so I just think it's, like I said, I think it's interesting. Um, I've always put missed shots and defense and stuff like that. in Chris and Keegan's highlight tape, because I'm like, they need to see how you react to a missed shot or how you react to getting your shot blocks and stuff like that. So, so yeah, but social media, man, it's, it, it's been great, but it, it can also be detrimental to a lot of players.
0: I, I think in the past, you know, five, five years, you know, a lot of these athletes that are bound to be these great stars, these five-star athletes, you know, can't wait for them to get into the NBA or can't wait for them to get into the NFL. Those are the ones you, you know, you see, you see fail. And then everybody's like, you know, what, what went wrong? These guys were five stars. They're film. you know, they could throw off their back foot at quarterback or they could hit, you know, they could pull it from half court. And it, it's just like, like we said, yeah, cutting up that film and making yourself look this one way when actually, you know, you're, you're a completely different person when it, when it's raw, when it's straightforward. And I like that you, you mentioned you, you cut up, you, you show the film with your sons missing shots because, you know, seeing how somebody reacts, do they hang their head? Do they not hustle back? That's important as well.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we have to show failure because I think the, you know, the one thing that I, I continue to learn more about and, and I'm more aware, aware of is, is that is is self-awareness, right? you know, you're not going to be, you know, hundred percent all the time. You're not going to make every shot. Um, and that that's okay, but it's how you react to that. Right. Um, you know, the one thing like with Keegan, when he was younger, he always thought every shot he put up was going in. Right. And Chris was like, Chris can miss eight or nine shots in a row and always thinks the next one's going in. And so just having that mentality to be able to flush things, I think that's where I've seen so much more growth in, in, Keegan over that, you know, because he was, he is like, I wouldn't even say was, he is a great shooter and people are going to see that this year, but he always had that tendency to hang his head if he missed a couple of shots and he always let his offense dictate, you know, how he played that day. And so for me to see the flip and have him get on the floor because of his defense and rebounding and, and just his tenacity, like that, that's a huge growth for him. And Chris has kept his confidence. You know, he didn't have the minutes last year. Um, Fran is really high on what he's been doing in workouts and I think you're going to see them both on the floor this year so you know for me it's it's important for them to understand failure uh, but then also understand that trust the time that you put in you might miss four or five shots but you put in so much time like always trust the work that you've done and you'll be able to go out and perform and so uh so yeah no it's Failure is part of it, and I think we just have to be honest with our kids as they grow, and and they can either take failure one way or the other. Either they can just continue to fall and falter, or they can use it as motivation to, to be better the next time.
0: Yeah, and I, I had the privilege to, to broadcast some of the, the games this last season uh, inside Carver, and some of Keegan's worst games offensively were his best games defensively. You know, or, or getting those that crucial rebound or that critical block, like those those go a long way. A long way. You know, you might not see that uh, impact immediately, but down the road when you see, oh hey, I got that stop to, you know, that stop could have changed the game, changed the momentum. They're actually very important.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you think about the the game at Rutgers where he locked up Ron Harper Jr. You think about the the two back-to-back Wisconsin games at the end of the season and then into the Big Ten tournament. I mean, defensively, he was, he was phenomenal. Right. And he, and he made his, his mark on that. And I think, you know, offensively we were joking when he came home, he's like, dad, you got to fix my shot. I'm like, okay, we get into the gym and he's shooting. I'm like, what do I have to fix? He goes, I don't know. I just couldn't hit it during the game. I said, what's the difference. I go last year at DME, if you had an inch of room coming off a screen, what'd you do? He goes, well, I shot it. I go, that's the difference. You had the mentality knowing that that you were, that play was being run for you. And that's nothing against what Iowa did, obviously. I mean, they got a deep team. You got guys that can shoot. I mean, we national player of the year. Like, you know, you're not going to be part of the offense as a freshman coming in. And so I said, it's just, it's just that mentality that you have to have. I go, you need to get back to next year for Iowa. You need to be that guy at DME. You need to be that guy that can put you Know 2025 on the board, you know, if, if things are going well for you and, and they need you. And I think that is all it is. It's just a mentality shift. It's not that he lost the ability to shoot. <laughs> it was just that in the role that they needed him to play, he, he wasn't an, an offensive option. And I think he embraced that role. And and obviously being, you know, all big 10 as a freshman, I mean, that's that's big time. And I think he's given himself the foundation to show what else he can do. And I think it's going to be scary. <laughs> I really do. I, I think it's going to be scary. Uh, you know, when Fran lets him go and you you have him and Patty and Chris, maybe on the wing at six, nine together and across the board. And then you add uh, Philip at six, nine, I just think they're going to be uh, just a different team uh, from a tempo, speed, athleticism, defensive nature. I think that they're, they're going to uh, turn some heads next year.
0: And seeing your son's roles, how does that compare to your role when you immediately joined the Hawkeye uh, organization for for the basketball? Were you like an immediate like, hey, let's get this man in right away? Or was it like a slower process kind of like them?
1: No, no. I mean, I I started a number of games as a freshman. I came in um, offensively. You know, that wasn't I had A.C. Earl. I had Chris Street, Val Barnes. (laughs) I mean, we had guys that could that could score and I, I needed to be the lockdown guy. You know, I would take the other team's best, you know, shooting guard, small forward, sometimes point guard, and, and that was my role. And um, I was able to start, I had I had some success. Uh, I'll tell you, Keegan was always like, how many points did you average as a freshman? How many steals or whatever? and he's obviously a better shooter than me, but I told him, I said, I average more assists and more steals than you. So um, (laughs) you might have me in blocks, but you know, I I always joke. I said, I made my teammates better. You did. So, um, (laughs) but, but no, I, I, I came in with that role. Uh, My sophomore year, junior year, I was asked to score a little bit more and then my senior year I kind of reverted back to the defensive stopper role, which we had great players like Andre Woolridge and Jeff settles and Kingsbury Russ Millard. I mean, we, we were loaded. I mean, I think my, junior year uh, all five starters average double figures um and so that was that was a really good team with those guys on it so my roles changed a little bit but I think through and through I was always I took a lot of pride in being a defensive stopper and um I had my hands full with a lot of the guys <laughs> that I I matched up with oh, yeah. night in and night out so and do you still
0: stay in contact with your teammates? Are we going to see like a grown-ups three where you guys get back out on the court and, and beat, beat up on a bunch of little guys?
1: No, nah, I don't think you'll ever see <laughs> that. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, as you grow and you have families and, and people move away, like, you know, the, the, you know, that's where social media is great when you can reach out to somebody via Facebook or Twitter. Or, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I think for me, as far as, it's weird. Like when you become a parent and you have kids and you basically become the friends of the parents of the kids, your kids <laughs> hang around. Right. So that's, you know, that's, that's kind of the the circle we roll in right now, but, um, occasionally like Montero Glasper and I, we still, uh, chat. I, I was emailing with Chris Kingsbury, uh, a couple of weeks back and, you know, obviously settles doing games. I saw him and, uh, so, yeah, so those are probably the guys. And Daryl Moore, who was a walk-on and eventually a scholarship athlete at Iowa, um, he does a lot of training. He's training my daughter uh, and a lot of her teammates. So, you know, there's there's some guys that are around that we see a lot. Um, but, yeah, man, life life does get in the way sometimes, and, and sometimes those fr- friendships drift apart. But hopefully, you know, we have the street Chris Street tournament, every uh, golf tournament every year, and that's a great opportunity for us to, uh, alumni to get back together and, and kind of get caught up.
0: And you mentioned Chris Street and, you know, you experienced during your, your career at, at the University of Iowa, one of the most tragic events um, in history. What 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 did Chris Street mean to you? What, what was his impact on your life and how does it still hold to this day?
1: Well, I mean, he was a big reason for me coming to Iowa. I, I, he was one of my hosts. Uh, he and I just hit it off you know, first, first day, it was, it was really cool, and that Sunday, when I was leaving, he was like, I'll see you in the fall, right, and I was like, yeah, you know, so (laughs) he, he was a big influence on, you know, just my comfort level, and making sure, you know, feeling that I was making the right decision going to Iowa, obviously, losing him the way we did, um, really, you know, I've been going through a lot of self-discovery over the last three years. And, and one of the things I told Mike and Patty was that I never really grieved for him properly. Right. You know, you're an 18, 19 year old freshman, and this happens. And it's like, you know, the only, you know, the only comfort you have is basketball. Right. Um, we just really didn't talk a lot about our feelings and stuff like that. And I realized I was carrying that burden for a number of years. I mean, I'm 47 now. And you think about, you know, three years ago, I mean, you're talking you know, 20 some years of carrying this on, even though I miss him every day. But, you know, for me, obviously, naming my name Christopher after him, uh, even though we spell it a little bit different, uh, was something I was going to do. My wife knew that uh, when we when the first time we ever talked about kids, I was like, there's no no wiggle room with that one. First boy <laughs> is Chris. Um, but he, he continues to inspire me. I mean, there's a lot of times where I think where would my life be if he was still here, you know, if that had never happened. Um, but I think, uh, the one thing about Chris is like, he's, you never want to say it, but I mean, he was, he was a different dude. He was, I mean, he was the embodiment of Iowa. He was the embodiment of hard work. And even though we all wish he was here, you know, he, his memory has sparked so many people and organizations and players. And, you know, the way Mike and Patty, they could have easily just, you know, faded away. You know got out of the spotlight but you know they have been instrumental in keeping his 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 memory alive uh, they are I mean two of the best people I've ever met in my life and, and and Betsy and Sarah the same thing I mean his his sisters I remember coming back with him and watching Sarah play volleyball we'd always slide back she didn't know we were coming and we'd surprise her and Chris always snuck me away with him so we could get some home cooked food too. So, uh, so yeah, so, you know, I mean, I'm missing, you know, every day, but I carry his memory with me and and I think uh, Chris will, you know, I think there's a lot of kids that were named after him and I, and I know my Chris uh, will do him justice with just how he plays once he gets on the floor Carver.
0: Yeah, and it's inspiring to see even recent years with Jordan Bohannon with the free throw. Still, you know, keeping that that record into to Chris Street's name. It, it's cool how a one like one legacy can just last this long, and that just shows how impactful he, he truly was uh, on the program.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 bananas. <laughs> it is. Yes.
0: Okay. So so you mentioned there's there's a there's a daughter you keep mentioning like here and there. You know what is she like? I, I see you, you tweeting about her, you, you're, you know, you go to her games and you, she's, she's at uh, Cedar Rapids Prairie right now. Is she a yep. freshman?
1: Yep. Yep. She's a freshman. Uh, yeah, no, she's, uh, she's interesting uh, from the standpoint of um, she's been, a, she's a late bloomer a lot like Chris and Keegan. Um, she's still growing. Uh, she actually just got out of a boot. She was in a boot for, six weeks um just like a stress reaction but um now that her body feels good she's about five eleven now as a freshman um yeah so uh (laughs) growth plates are wide open so we'll we'll see that probably see that that jump in height like chris and keegan did too um but she is she's a very cerebral player like she's one of those kids like she's so confident in her defense and, and what she can do on that end of the floor Uh, She's still learning the offensive side because she's always been on teams with with girls that can score. And so now she's starting to get a little notoriety. There's been three or four division ones reach out to her like, hey, we want to keep you on our radar. But she's very studious. I mean, she's 4.0. She probably reads an average of three books a week outside of school. And she'll be taking college classes. And and she's either going to go – I think she's pretty set. She's either going to go into orthopedics or – orthodontia which being a dental rep i'm like going to orthodontia and do that but uh but yeah no she's she she is uh finally physically feeling good enough she's the last five years it's either been um knees ankles achilles achilles tendinitis plantar fasciitis because of how much she's grown and now that her body feels good it's just crazy just the jumps that we've seen in the last two weeks in her game and and once i get her with daryl over the summer i know he'll continue to help her build there but uh but yeah she she's excited she'd rather be in the in the, in the background too you know as far as uh, that goes but uh but i think she's got a bright future whatever she decides to do
0: so you so you're saying after keegan and chris the murray legacy is going to continue
1: yeah yeah we'll <laughs> see you know maybe maybe lisa might want to pick her up you know then we can just <laughs> have everybody go to iowa but uh Perfect. but no i i, I think um whatever happens, she's a good volleyball player too. I think she considers herself more of a basketball player, but, uh, but yeah, no, we're just excited to see where she grows. Started every game as a freshman last year, even though she was banged up for the majority of it. And uh, I think she's looking forward to, to what the team can do. We should be pretty good team for the next two to three years uh, with her and the rest of those sophomores, well, soon to be sophomores on the Prairie team. And now
0: you mentioned all of these athletes in your family, are, are you still the best athlete? You know, can you still, you know, kick
1: some butt? No, no, I am definitely not the best athlete uh, <laughs> at all. And, uh, and they'll, they'll tell you that too. So even our adoptive son, uh, Demetrius Harper, he's a pretty good athlete too. Drake relay champion and, and uh, record setting wide receiver at co college. So even the kids we bring in, that, you know, maybe didn't start with us or better athletes than I was. So, um, so They're yeah, no, you I, in the dust. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> doubt. no doubt. Yeah. doubt be, yeah. McKenna will be leaving me in the dust too.
0: <laughs> right on, right on. And I mean, I just want to thank you for hopping on and, and talking to me. Uh, I know you you've been busy. I just finished finals. Uh, it's been a stressful, crazy year. And then I'm, I'm off to California this weekend. So okay. my life nice. is going going all over the place. And I'm happy that I was able to talk to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm glad you reached out. I uh, know I hadn't responded, but you know, sometimes, uh, adulting can limit the minutes in the day that you have to do things like this, but, uh, I'm glad we were able to get on and, and make it happen.